0: And welcome to episode one of Everything But The Kitchen Sink. I'm Gemma. I'm Chippy. And today we are going to be talking about... What, I forgot what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, we're talking about health anxiety. Yeah. Health anxiety in particular, about how that's been pricked. Peaked? Pricked. Do you prick anxiety or peak it? Are you peaking interest
1: peaked in interest yeah, yeah so that
0: at the moment with everything that's going on with coronavirus we've talked about um balance of power in the home and we've also talked about what I like
1: to call
0: hashtag plastic gate hashtag plastic gate and We've touched a little bit on network marketing. network marketing. So throughout this podcast, I am going to be giving you little prompts, a little bit of a nudge, letting you know whereabouts you are in your 30 minutes to make sure that you stay on track so there is actually no need for you to be watching the timer. Ooh, oh, this is juicy. What are we on now? <laughs> it's juicy. <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. No, so this is something, again, this is something that is a hot topic on the Facebook group and again is something that we have to be really careful with moderators about a what we're approving we're almost having to second guess how these threads are gonna go but it is about partners not necessarily we're not Husbands. gonna not yeah we're not gonna make it gender specific partners who aren't pulling their weight at home and the person who is at home most of the time feeling put upon and the imbalance of power in the domestic setting. It is a problem that
1: I don't think anyone will ever solve. No. You said something very sensible once. We should make a note of it first time ever. (laughs) (laughs) But you pointed... Was it you? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't me. Who said, you're on maternity leave it was me firstly the three months for your body to physically recover as yeah you would take time off if you broke a limb yeah you have just made a human and passed it out of your body however that happens yeah and then you are there to support the child to look after the child mm-hmm. that is what you're there for
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're not there mm-hmm. to maintain the house Or to tidy the house. But but
0: herein lies the problem. And the problem is twofold. (laughs) Because you have... So it's... I'm going to use the word woman. Because percentage-wise, it is very often the Mm mum who stays... Because she A's healing from the birth. That's the
1: thing. My theory is... And I have got hardcore friends (coughs) who are either the, the higher earner or who just are very work focused who have gone back to work after three months. Um, so that is obviously their choice. But I think what happens a lot is because it's the woman who needs the time to recover from the birth, then you're suddenly just the person at home. Yeah.
0: And this is where I think the problem occurs. And it's something that I've written about. It's something that I have seen in my old job as an antenatal teacher. Count, Countless times to remember, and now seeing repeated again on the Facebook group. You are at home with a baby, and you suddenly then become the default person for doing picking up the bread, picking up the milk, um
1: cleaning the house,
0: cleaning the house, putting the washing in because you're there.
1: And then before you know it, two years down the line, it's the norm. It's the norm. And it's really hard to get out of. And it's really hard to realise that. Because
0: it's such a slow creep of responsibility that you don't actually realise. And
1: often, the body is an amazing thing. With all three of mine, I suddenly had a moment where I realised I had taken everything out of the bathroom and was cleaning it and putting everything back in. You do get into this nesty, homey feel and i remember after the first and second child not after the third thinking i don't want to go back to work i just want to look after the baby all the time i had
0: that very very strongly yeah. with my first
1: yeah R- with ned i the remember saying the Joan, thought of
0: going back to work was was abhorrent no
1: i never want to leave the baby yeah. i just want to stay with the baby um and i and uh, you know so th- but people can change their mind nature and i felt i felt differently at
0: six months down the line yes exactly
1: yeah i probably gave out a lot of mixed messages where it was i'm gonna lie on the sofa i want to eat the baby i love him so much Mm -hmm. i never want to leave if you ever make me work again i'm i'm gonna cry Mm -hmm. to i'm trapped i'm stuck with the child all day you just get to live your life we had a massive argument about the fact that <coughs> he was between jobs. I wasn't working, um, and none of my clothes fitted because I was in that interim where none of my maternity clothes fitted, but I wasn't back into my pre-baby clothes. And so I had nothing to wear and I was wearing his sort of t-shirts and, and I just felt gross. And I was like, you've got these two kids and you can walk out of here and nobody knows that you've got two kids you just live your life you don't pee when you run and i'm here like getting seats on the tube because of my wobbly mum tum but we can't afford for me to go to the gym and i can't run with both of them and uh, and i can't have got no clothes to wear and um i think he definitely was like but, but a while ago you were like never make me work again i want 800 babies mm. And I think it's, it's, a very... it's so
0: co- it's so complicated and obviously interwoven with hormones and feelings and emotions and changing emotions, changing bodies, changing hormones. But then thrown into this you have this realistic thing and how many how many posts do you get a day of someone lamenting their situation where they feel like they are basically a maid in yeah. their own home. And no one appreciates what they do. They're basically part of the furniture because nobody notices that it's not been done unless it's not been done. I, I haven't got the solution, but I just know that a lot of women feel that they need to talk about it and share their hints and tips and anecdotes and stories, what, what which time? can range from, right, stop, go on strike. Don't, well, I, I mean, I personally, because of the type of person that I am, I have to live with a certain amount of order and cleanliness yeah. otherwise it sets off my anxiety i would love i mean it's gone it, i've thought about it so many times it's just going right well i'm just not going to do it
1: but then it won't get done
0: but then it won't get done and then i'll, I'll go and through a week feel bad. i'll go through a week of watching everything build up and for me only then going to inevitably Cave before anyone else has, yeah. and 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 passive aggressively tidy it all up. So what's What's really interesting as well is that the young, you know, young love, right? Mm. Are people actually sitting down and thinking, Are we compatible in terms of does Bill have the same level of cleanliness as I do? Because that is such a massive one of the
1: reasons that Joe and I. Joe and I met by living in the same house and um, we lived with other boys and they were quite gross and Joe and I have the same level of cleanliness and when he cleans or tidies it's to my standard and vice versa and that is huge. Also, because I'm very bossy, we had a conversation about parenting before I mean, one of the first things I said to him was, "If we need to take a break, it's over. If I text you and you don't respond because you're doing that weird, I can't respond immediately thing, it's over. I'm not having any I'd have yeah, a bit so of that." Yeah, so you tricking. set your
0: boundaries out, and I think at a lot beginning. of people
1: don't. And I think a lot of people don't want to talk about babies before because they're worried and um, that it might seem like that they want to have babies immediately. And I think they're
0: trying to trap a man.
1: Yeah,
0: I've been going through a similar thought process at the moment because I'm getting busier I've I recognize that I was I'd been working from my kitchen table for a couple of years I was getting really lonely I mean I think I'm an introvert but there's only so many cups of tea you can solo cups of tea you can make yourself right yeah. and, I, and I think some people who work in an office might think it's like an idea of bliss working from your kitchen table and it was for a long time and I absolutely loved it But recently, I have started to feel increasingly isolated. Um, So I've rented a desk in a local company, which is completely unrelated, and I just use their office space. So I am out of the house more. And I have noticed that everything that I get agitated about... It's like, what agitates me about Mike is that in the morning... All he has to do is get up. And it's a real sticking point for me. All he has to do is get up, get dressed and leave.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Because he has to... And in in all fairness to Mike, it's because he has to get on a train before 7am.
1: Yeah.
0: So he gets up as late as possible so he can have as much sleep as possible. But then I get up. I have to get three kids ready for school. I have to do the school run. I have to do breakfast. I have to remember they've got the book bags. I have to remember if they've got a school trip. And... Now that I'm out of the house more, I now feel that I have, it's so weird, given myself permission to distribute that mental load mm. because I've not got that thing where was, well, I'm here anyway, so I can and may as well do it, which is the trap that so many of these, I think so many women are falling into because they've been on maternity leave. They then take on all the additional domestic stuff because they're there and they feel guilty for not doing it. Yeah. And then when and if and when they go back to work, all of a sudden it's a status quo. And then all of a sudden they're having to have a really awkward conversation with their other half where it's like, it's you got, don't pull your weight.
1: Or it's built to boiling point and they're having an argument about it. I think- you are 10 minutes in. That went fast. <laughs> it's been in the news this week.
0: Well, we've had quite a few posts on, I think the Facebook group, the Team Tom Facebook group is a good marker For stuff that people want to talk about. Because sometimes we can't always approve all of the posts because they're not necessarily cleaning related. We try
1: and keep everything very cleaning or housework related. Yeah.
0: We can't be like too off topic. Otherwise it would just be a random group about anything.
1: And also what we're going to talk about can be a trigger for some people. And we try and keep triggers down Mm -hmm. to a minimum. Yes.
0: Yes. That's true. So we, we are quite... We, we're we quite careful, aren't we, about what we approve. And the mod team especially are quite careful about what they approve. And if there's something that we think could be triggering for someone, we, we watch it and sometimes we have to
1: jump in. Jump but in. I, I'm not a very good judge of that because I've got no. the sensitivity of a rhino.
0: <laughs> but But what some people have been... One thing to talk about, and I think some people are actually quite shy about talking about it because lots of people have got quite polar opposite opinions, and that is what's going on with coronavirus at the moment, which is a problem if you have health anxiety and it's making you more anxious than normal. I personally don't have health anxiety.
1: I do. But I... So I have medication for health anxiety but my health anxiety um is usually mainly involving sick bugs
0: Mm. but
1: i do when there is some form of crisis i do tend to like a universal crisis like coronavirus or if there's been a terrorist thing because i live in london i do tend to go off the deep end and my husband has to sit up with me while i go we're moving yeah, to a whole. So has it has it triggered has it triggered you? What I find very weird is that you seem more affected by it than me. In that,
0: I'm I'm I'm, appro- I'm approaching it from an <laughs> shock, from an organisational <laughs> point of view, <laughs> and that is not necessarily um, concerned for my life. Yeah. I'm I'm concerned about...
1: You've gone straight to zombie apocalypse.
0: No, 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 I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. What I've done is I've gone to that situation where we've got an like a, a snowstorm coming. Yeah. Everyone knows it's coming. Everyone has rushed to Lidl, bought all the bread, bought all the milk. So my brain has immediately gone to, if the hype around this gets any worse, if people then start to go into panic buy mode, it's going to be a pain in the bottom. What I've tried to do is, and it's something that I've always had in the back of my mind anyway that I would like to have, have some sort of stock in the house should I catch flu or should there be a massive snowstorm not that it's ever like we feel like we've never had snow I feel so this has prompted me to do that and I feel a lot calmer I mean
1: I think also though we should take into account the fact that I live in the middle of London you live in in the suburbs yeah in a town in Kent yeah we're in my house now if the zombie apocalypse happened we're pretty much open to uh, invasion the so (laughs) My leaves, um, <laughs> but like I can go to the end of the road and get milk and bread. Oh, do you know what I mean? You, it's just different, and like
0: you're already halfway oh. through. Are oh, they doing well, Chippy? I'm
1: so impressed. Didn't they do well? Didn't they do what's that from?
0: I always prepare for the worst, expect the best,
1: hope for the best. What prepare for the worst, hope for the best? That's
0: it, right? So, I and I always <laughs> think
1: <expect> the best
0: because <laughs> so I always think if I prepare for the worst. Yeah, the chances are that it's not going to happen, and that always that just makes me feel cal- just calmer generally.
1: Whereas I have to completely disengage.
0: But I think it's just prepared. But I, I know that it has triggered, it has set off a lot of people's, understandably, set off their health anxiety, and I think quite a lot of people feel a bit silly talking about it because you've got the people that are kind of in the camp of oh, don't be silly, you know, it's it's all you know, it's all going to be fine. But then you've got. People on the other side, but actually, you know, I am actually really concerned.
1: Whatever they. So can what?
0: C- what can we do? So what are sensible precautions? So what are you doing to make you feel better?
1: I'm ignoring it completely and pretending which it doesn't
0: happen. <laughs> f- which is a, r- a reasonable coping point, mechanism.
1: If it doesn't, if it doesn't slow down, I probably would stop my kids going on the tube. Ned went to two trampolining parties last week. Well, I, ca- I
0: came here on the Tuesday and there was—I uh, was waiting on the tube platform, and the tube on the opposite platform was in the station waiting. Yeah. And there were three kids with their faces pressed up against the window, actually kissing the window. No, the kids are gross. Like, and <laughs> I mean, they were so sweet because they were trying to get the people on the platform to smile. But it, you know, I'm just—I'm just finding myself hyper aware. So I am. Um, being really diligent about washing my hands. I think if 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 I could do a public service announcement, it, this would just, just wouldn't be generally about coronavirus. But I've been more aware of watching people's hygiene habits. I think that's and that's probably the polite way of putting it. Yeah. Since this has sort of kicked off, and I, on the on my journey here, I take one train and then I take a tube. Everyone was just coughing into the air, sneezing into the air. Not just like little. I mean, we're talking big rah, rah and sneezes. sneezes.
1: And I'm just I'm saying, just like, what you do, You know... And I, we were talking about this earlier, where when we were growing up, it was like, cover your mouth when you cough. But now there's a thing I saw where it's like, cough into your elbow. The, the crook, of your
0: elbow. crook of your elbow. Yeah,
1: which I think is great, which you were like, that's been around for ages. But it was the first time that I'd seen it, because it seems a really obvious thing, especially if you're a bit of a germy phobie person. Mm-hmm. We were saying how... In public loos and stuff. In the doctors, my kids aren't allowed to go and play with the toys and mm-hmm. the doctor's surgery or anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you do stuff with your elbows or I switch the tap off with yeah, I can, my can, sleeve around my hand. Yeah. Um,
0: I think everyone has their own little routine. Like, I can go into a public toilet and use my elbow to, to pretty much. Yeah. I'm quite looking forward to talking about this topic, actually, because <laughs> it's something. And I we're not... Stre- we're not staying away from being slightly controversial no what's the point this is like this is like yours and mine like place to our safe place
1: this is not gonna be safe for me for long
0: Our safe place because there's no comment section are there
1: oh i'm sure you can rate and review yeah
0: rate review this podcast Um, five stars
1: (laughs) give it five stars yeah but anyway, this is. I ours. think you'll get five stars, and people will be like, "Get rid of that awful." And I don't care
0: about that. Get rid of choppy. Get rid of
1: chippy choppy. <laughs> is it your mum that calls me choppy? Or chirpy?
0: Chirpy. My my mum <laughs> calls chippy <laughs> chirpy, despite being told on numerous occasions that that's not her name.
1: Despite me being the least chirpy person you're ever going to meet.
0: But so this is our safe place, and this is something that comes up a lot, Ooh. and it's something that. Chippy and I both have very strong opinions on. And not necessarily agreeing with each other. Not the same... No, not agreeing with each other,
1: but not disagreeing.
0: We're talking about... Network marketing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's got a bad name. So I think we should... Start out by saying that on the Team Tom Facebook group, which is over ninety thousand people in the group now, and
1: on Amazing Team Tom Mind Body Soul,
0: yeah, we get a lot of people trying to sell products, which is something that we have to clamp down on because otherwise, it's against
1: the rules in both.
0: Yeah, and we have to be really strong and hot on that because what's fair for one person, it has to be fair for everybody.
1: Also, what is a big concern, um, especially as I do network marketing, is... You have to say that a little bit louder. louder. Especially group. as I do network marketing, the big concern that we have is that people who don't do network marketing correctly will hop into that group of 90,000 people. They won't necessarily comment or, or bring anything to the group so they might not necessarily in terms of of helpful
0: content you mean or
1: but but they might not comment at all so we might not know they're there Mm -hmm. but they might cold message every person yeah so
0: we've had instances and we've had instances where not wanting to give anyone any ideas but we've had instances where people have joined the group and immediately blocked all the mods yeah and then gone and private messaged bulk messaged a a whole load of people trying to sell them you know this and we're we're not going to mention any company's name because it's not fair but uh, selling trying to sell all kinds of things either Mm. trying to sell products or trying to is the right word recruit yeah recruit people on on into the company um but I think Chippy and I have got quite um a that's if you can hear a doggy that's a doggy
1: that's Tallulah uh,
0: Labrador Tallulah Um, He's beautiful. So we're coming at it from two different angles. The first angle is that I haven't worked in network, ever worked in network marketing. My only experience of network marketing in the past, before I met Chippy, was um, people messaging, friends messaging me on Facebook, trying to sell me things. And it used to get my back up.
1: Yeah. So up until 18 months ago, I had similar. So... Clap, clap, clap goes to Lula with the nails. <laughs> so up until eighteen months ago, I'd had similar. Whereas as a makeup artist, I frequently had a very specific company. Um, they would just literally message me five times a week, different people. So for those
0: for those people that don't know, Chippy is a professional makeup artist. So you've worked in TV Film. and films. You you do. Wedding, wedding makeup yep.
1: although I swore I'd never do another wedding I've got three lined up this year
0: so that that's your that's your
1: that's where I have what I've been doing your for the major s- 10 years.
0: skill set yeah and it's it's an absolute minefield so when I had my babies and when I was a single mom I was in the same position where I was looking around for stuff that I could do around the kids it had to be it had to be evening work that i could do from home and i remember you know i'm i'm sure or i'm sure so many people will be nodding along at this and it's like putting into google what can i do from home and and immediately you're faced you're bombarded with options as it was i didn't go down that route and i did write I, i i broke into writing and then i bought a franchise a few years later but and that, teaching, but even that was a bit of a leap of faith. Because but
1: I, that is very interesting. Because I was thinking about it. Because I used to take my youngest to Monkey Music. Yeah. Which is a franchise, and not something I could ever do because I just, uh, I'm not, I'm not great with people. So the thought of running classes with kids and mums would be too much. But I thought it's very interesting how franchises are not disapproved of at all no and network marketing is approved of but you had to buy your franchise so
0: yeah the, but there are huge similarities so I think maybe a franchise because there is a large upfront investment like for me it was like it was talking about you know a few thousand pounds um that I had in savings and I spent my savings on it um the people who I trained with the, the other people who were trained to be antenatal teachers they put it on credit cards but, and that's
1: the thing to me, it's a, it's a big don't investment. put anything on your credit card. Yeah, you no, know, that's an immediate to me. I just wouldn't be able to do it because I'm like, don't don't ever put anything on your credit card. So
0: it was a leap of faith, and you know, quite a few of us um, were in the same intake and we we trained together. But at the end of the day, um, and this is a, a true of anything, any type of business that you own yourself, whether it's antenatal teacher, network marketing, or running a coffee shop. If you are not business savvy, and if you are not prepared to put in the hard work, and that sounds really harsh. Yeah. Fair. You're not going to make any money. So when I did my antenatal classes, for a whole year of teaching, I didn't make I didn't turn a profit. So I used to show up every four classes a week, teaching mums in the evenings, and I didn't turn a profit. But I expected that. Because that's
1: and you're, business. And you've got a business mind, but I think a lot of people would have given up or felt cheated. And I think what's difficult... And a lot that, of people did give up. Yeah. And don't say... What they don't tell you about network marketing is it's usually four years until you start to make proper money. Because it's like any business. Because it's any business. Yeah. But you're not doing the setup. So... You know, it's it, however long it's, it has taken you to get to the stage where you've got you're making money and you've got your book out. That's two and a bit years. That's that's three years. Yeah. But you've gone through that. And you've done the work. If you're not someone who is self-motivated self-motiv- and wants to work, if you want to make a bit of extra money to go clothes shopping, then network marketing is also good. If you want to make a living, you have got to work really hard you've got to show up every day like you're going to the office mm-hmm. and so I, I suppose the advice is is as with any other job as with anything that you're going
0: into do your research make sure that whoever you're going to be working with it, it has the same ethics as you has the same way of working as, as you fits with your life and also ask i mean this is something that when i was looking into buying a franchise I approached franchisees that were currently working. Mm,
1: Absolutely. And I think if you can
0: speak to people and ask them a question, and and any reputable company should not be afraid. And and, and also work out why you're doing it. Are you doing it to make £10,000 a month? If so, you need to be really honest with yourself that you are going to be probably working 80-hour weeks to make that happen. You You are not going to be earning that amount of money Doing, doing it nothing. half an hour a night while she's watching EastEnders. No.
1: Doing, and, and, um, and I always think you have to ha- get a thick skin because when you do it, you're going to spend the first 12 months feeling a little bit icky because everyone has such a bad opinion of network marketing. company for me last year paid for my kids' nursery for a month. It, another month it paid our mortgage, um... It's made me, I took my eldest to Frozen 2.
0: It is a sales job. It's a sales job,
1: yeah.
0: Net, would you say all network marketing is a sales job? Yeah. In fact, owning your own business is sales.
1: It's all about sales. I
0: hate sales. Like, I, you I, have
1: to sell yourself.
0: But I physically recoil at the thought. I mean, I've worked in call centres. I've been that person phoning you up at 7pm uh, and I was so rubbish at that job because I was apologetic before I even picked up yeah, the phone. But I don't... I think I think... Because so we, we see it all the time in, in the group. Honestly, we're not allowed to accept posts or anything like that. But it, it, is, it is something that a lot of people in the group do. Yeah. And I think it... Because of the high percentage, that means I can pretty much guarantee that there will be more people looking into it. So I think it's just really handy just for people to be forewarned, as my mum always says, is forearmed. Yeah. Forewarned is forearmed. Also, if
1: you're someone who, when you hear of a company that's a network marketing company, before you jump down whoever it is throat, or if you've got a friend who has been burnt, if, if you've got a friend who's been burnt by network marketing, I'm not saying don't be sympathetic, but before you jump down someone's throat saying, oh no, it's network marketing, quite often it'll be a mum wanting to have her own business, use her brain, make some money, be be there for her kids. And it is a bit like a slap in the face. And as with every business, it can be ethical or unethical. And as with every business, some people will fail, some people will succeed. As with every business, some people will be taken advantage of. And the one thing that you can do is look out for your friend who's doing it. If you think that they're being taken advantage of, flag it up. Don't just mutter behind your hand to someone about how awful network marketing is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Support them. You don't have to buy stuff from them to support them. And that's it. You've done your 30 minutes, you little
0: superstar. So that was the end of episode one. This is so exciting. Are we official podcasters?
1: Yeah, we've done one.
0: And the lovely thing is we are actually doing it from Chippy's kitchen table, which is amazing.
1: Why is it amazing? Well, because we're not in a swanky studio. No, we're not. I can categorically say Gemma, the organ. I mean, I am um... sat next to a packet
0: of pasta. Look.
1: <laughs> comes to my
0: There's house. also a packet of Warburton's Thins bagels. Cheaper which... than standard. Yeah, because they're thinner. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, you know, it's ama- it's great. And our microphone is um, propped up on two cookbooks.
1: Yeah, so I feel like we should end on a good note. On a positive. What's your positive thing that's making you happy this week? Um. Oops, she's having to think. We it? shouldn't be thinking this hard. What? Oh, it's my birthday on
0: Sunday. <gasps> that's what is positive. Um,
1: happy birthday to you. Happy i'm going to be
0: 39 so the positive that i'm taking away from this week is that i'm
1: not 40 yet is it but are you in your 40th year yeah not till sunday not till sunday yeah but i always find that confusing because they're like it's your 40th year and, and it's
0: valentine's a- day tomorrow mike's cooking me a nice meal not only is he taking me out for lunch he's cooking me what? tea me I know, I know i'm gonna- that's my good thing for the week. i your going find good
1: myself a second husband. <laughs> What's your good thing for the week? My good thing for the week is... I nailed it and got my bestie a Valentine's present. Got you your birthday present. I've made some fridge cake for the home bake tomorrow, which I'm also going to run because I'm class rep. I feel like one of those mums... Which mum do I feel like? I feel like one of those mums from a, from a TV programme. Brie yeah. from
0: the Desperate Housewives. Yeah. Also, I just like my favourite song of the week. Yeah. Like, um, Martha Dundrug in the flesh. Here comes the cootie squad. <laughs> Ace of... J- uh, I should have Heather. Look who's with her. Oh, my God. Dang, dang, diggity, daggy, dang That's, like, basically it. That's been the theme sheet that's been
1: going round